temperature changes this much where you think, oh, it's going to be uh, just just nice weather today. And I, I believe parts of the southeast are getting sort of unseasonably warm weather. Yes, even even places lot. that are pretty mild. There's a uh, there's a tropical disturbance in the Atlantic, which it's pretty late in the season. Yeah, for, no kidding. For that sort of really thing, going on. and you wonder if maybe that's impacting it. A little bit too, because yeah, this is like you said. It's the kind of weather you get growing up in the southeast. It's the kind of weather you get right before a bad storm. Yeah, right? you're I mean, thinking, no, man, that this 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 sort of reminds you of tornadoes or something. When you know, but now I'm just saying, it, yeah, it feels like I mean, right. This is this is because there's nothing up. like that. We no. have had, we've had nothing like that. Don't don't go old running farmers, thinking the old farmers' almanac yeah. over here is no no no. We now uh, my knee doesn't feel bad enough for it to be <laughs> for it to be terribly bad. I don't think. But, but no, I think it got all the way up to like seventy five, seventy six here in was, the Auburn Opelika area. No, it was seventy seven. Is that right? Seventy seven when I left my office at three o'clock. That, that for finals week. In, that is crazy. In Auburn, which you know what isn't a terrible selling point. If you're if you're Hugh Freeze and oh, the yeah. coaching staff, it's seventy seven here on December sixth. Like, you, you are telling the truth when you say like on campus on mm-hmm. on the second day of finals, it is seventy seven degrees on the Auburn campus, which is uh, yeah that's that's uh, that's warmer than than I I remember it usually being when it was. Uh, I remember walking to finals in very cold weather. Maybe, oh, me now, too. Now maybe yeah. that's just me doing the Dana Carvey. Way back in the day, yeah, maybe that's yeah. We you know miles through the snow, yeah, and we liked it. No, but, yeah. but there's uh, but no, I, I remember it being uh, at least more, you know more more than once, right, Bill? I, I remember it being mm-hmm. pretty pretty uh, blustery on on finals week, and this is uh, yeah, this this is this is relatively balmy. Yeah, this is this is a you know downright subtropical here in the uh, in in the Auburn Opelika area. So yeah, enjoy, I guess I guess enjoy it. That's true. You, uh, that's true. You, you know, never know. I mean, the alternatives. Uh, it, 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 it could turn uh, you know fifty degrees here in in just a. Uh, a short matter of time. But welcome in. We'll talk a little sports, I guess, here on The Drive. Uh, we, we'd love for you to join in. Hour number one of The Drive brought to you, as usual, by our good friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They're also the sponsor of our hotline, where you can give us a call with your uh, thoughts, questions, comments, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. The Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That's a 24-7 text box, by the way. If you hear something, if you're doing the podcast, mm-hmm. you hear something, you want to throw some feedback in, send us something in All the text box. All it'll do box. is wake up Drew. Yeah, I mean, you know. that's right. Yeah, so, so send, it to, send us a, a, a text, and then Drew can build the station for the hour, you know, re- reading, the, yeah. uh, reading the text message. So, yeah, send us a, a text, 334-564-1840, into the drive text box that's presented by our friends at southeastern industrial contractors they also sponsor the podcast of the show which you can get however you listen to podcasts just search for the drive with bill cameron on your favorite podcasting platform well it is day two of the transfer portal and the numbers continue to grow although at times i I would i would caution you to try to, to 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 check some of those numbers because last night we were seeing reports of over a thousand players in the portal. Turned out it was uh, over seven hundred from FBS schools, but a little under five hundred of them were scholarship players. That's still a significant number, but if you really look at it, that was on the average about four players per team for the FBS schools yesterday. Now, there have been quite a few more. Auburn has, had, uh, has seen more players enter the portal. But but just do remember that a lot of the numbers that you're hearing are going to be walk-ons. But it is still a, a pretty significant number. Uh, continues to be 
we had a lot of quarterbacks that you're seeing in the portal. And it's funny you mention that because I, I was uh, I had someone reach out to me after yesterday's show, and uh, and then they said the word "wrongheaded" was used. I don't want, and they were nice about it. But wrong-headed. The, but, well, no, no, the belief that it's it's a that <coughs> quarterback, or a, more specifically, the notion that a new starting quarterback should be a priority for Hugh Freeze going into this offseason. I was have have we has anybody really said that? Have you heard anybody? Well, no. Say well, that? I, I suggested that, that that could be one of the things Hugh Freeze is prioritizing oh, okay. going going into this. You know, depending on depending on how he views Robbie Ashford. You know, wh- whether or not he needs to. You know, he thinks he needs to go make a dramatic upgrade at that position and go after one of these quarterbacks or try to build the team around Robbie Ashford and and let you know wh- whether it's internal options or, or recruiting someone from the high school ranks or something like that. I don't know how Hugh Freeze views. Robbie Ashford, and if he thinks that the team needs an immediate upgrade or not. But I know there are people who think the answer to that question is absolutely not. You know, you know, Hugh, Hugh Freeze can, can, I'm, win, I'm, can win with Robbie Ashford if he develops Robbie Ashford into something a little bit better. Well, I would say if, if there's someone who you feel is definitely better, try to get him. And let's see what the competition, how the competition turns out. If there's not someone you feel you can get who will upgrade it, then, now, I don't know that it's a priority. I do think it is a need. With two quarterbacks on scholarship, you'd better have more than than two quarterbacks and an incoming freshman. Three quarterbacks on your roster, one of whom has has uh, played, what did he play, um, a half dozen snaps Hold this him? year? Yeah, yeah, no, barely on the register. I mean, red, yeah. shir- red-shirted and, right. and ba- barely appeared in, in, in games. And, and, the, uh, and, and your other quarterback is a player who got his first collegiate playing time this year. I think you need somebody else. It may not be your top priority. Uh, I've updated the depth chart today. Take a, Just take a look at the blanks. You see those holes? Yeah. Uh, the biggest priority, and, and Jason Caldwell posted this a little while ago. You, Jason will be with one, us tomorrow. Do you have one priority or would you break it down? Are there, is there a, is there well, a short I, list? Yeah, uh, the, the, In the holiday the, season. The quickest way to say the priority is line. But maybe a bigger priority, and as, as crazy as it is after we were talking about offensive line and tackles, defensive line may be a bigger priority with the news today with Derek Hall. I mean, we, we knew Derek Hall was, was uh, you know, done with his playing time. But with Kobe Wooden uh, announcing that uh, he is entering the NFL draft, and then um, within an hour or so, word that Marquise Robinson is going into the transfer portal. Auburn has a total, a total of six defensive linemen, and that includes edge, end, nose, and tackle. For four positions, Auburn has six players. And of those six, Tabichi Akoli has yet to play. Dylan Brooks has played sparingly. Aniche Sledge has yet to play. And that leaves you Marcus Harris, Jason Jones, and Jeffrey Emba. I mean, that is it. It's the bad news bears on, on the defensive line. Right? I mean, I mean it, it is it is a team of you it's, know, it's, it's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be tough to compete in any ball games if you don't at least you you need to at least double that number. Interesting. So for all the for all the talk about Auburn's offense all season long, it is an interesting situation that with with players moving on, with some of the departures you had 
over the last couple of seasons, and now with Marquise Robinson joining the uh, transfer portal, defensive line mm-hmm. is maybe the top priority for Auburn uh, going into uh, going in. And what, what do you think the numbers look like as far as how many Auburn probably needs to add? From where where they stand right six. now on the Bill Cameron. I mean, chart. well, they have one edge, and that's Dylan Brooks. So you're just not going to worry about even having a well, pass well, rusher. Break, break, break you're just going to blitz a linebacker or something every once in a break, while. Break it up into interior and, and and sort of. All right, your interior guys. Now, Marcus Harris could be a strong side defensive end. You know, he could be. But he's been an interior guy. He's also he's also draft eligible. Worth pointing out, he is. He, Mark Harris is also he somebody is who, who has a, who has a decision to make about how much. As, the as are the next play. two guys, Jason Jones and Jeffrey Emba. They're also draft eligible. Now I don't expect Jeffrey Emba has has hardly played. Jason Jones played some this year. Jeffrey um, Emba is somebody who, if he had a great season of college football, probably right. wouldn't need to play much more of that because. The potential and the athleticism and the fact that he's still relatively new to the sport, I think, would really excite NFL draft people if that's what Imbaugh wanted to do. Jason Jones, I, I, you know, I, I think that's a guy who you know would would show up at draft situations and people would say, "Who is that guy?" Because you know, simply because of the sheer size. And, mm-hmm. but, but that's someone else who would probably benefit from another year of college football. I could see Marcus Harris testing the waters and and figuring out what he wants to do because he's played a lot. The last he has. Few seasons. He really and, has. And, since, and I wonder since coming in from Kansas. Yeah, right. and, I, and I wonder how he's viewed. I don't know the answer to how he's viewed. Uh, I, as an NFL, nor do as, I. As an NFL draft. Nor prospect. do I. But yeah. I mean, if, if if there's a possibility, and and as you said, there there obviously is of him leaving. That makes it even more dire. And so I mean, what, what, what a is, huge what a huge retention it would be. I think oh, for this yes. coaching staff if you could talk Marcus Harrison into playing right. another year of college football. So so as far as true interior guys, there's Jason Jones and Jeffrey Imba. That's that's it. I mean, Marcus Harris can be inside or play the strong side end. Anisha Sledge looks like a strong side defensive end. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he could be inside as well. I mean, it looks like they're two true inside guys, two strong side defensive ends, a sort of tweener that we haven't seen in Tavichio Coley, and then one edge in Dylan Brooks. That's it. You know, that's you, it. There, there are your scholarship linemen. I wonder if you'd rather be in a position where, where, where there's a spot on your roster. Maybe Go, that's why there's not a defensive coordinator. Well, well, no, like, no, no. I need some players to coach. Well, going into, well, but but you can sell to a defensive coordinator that you got a blank slate, and you can sell that. To yeah, but you want it players. to be blank of players. No, no, but but you can sell that to players in the portal. You that, sell that to the players, exactly. Right. You can sell. I don't know. That's well, a great selling point for a coach. Well, no, you the coordinate the coach is the one who's going to get to sell the player. You get to you get to pick. You get to buy all the groceries because there's. No, yeah, there's, the problem is the problem is somebody may outbid you before you get before you get true. the checkout. That, I mean, you don't know about that. That's the one. That's and that is one thing. It's funny. I've I've, I've been you know I keep up with comments from people and there's some people that just seem disgusted that Auburn doesn't have about a half a dozen commitments already. Well, do you think Auburn's the only school shopping for these guys? No. no. It's, there are a lot of them and the players, they, there's no reason for them if they enter the transfer portal yesterday, there's no reason for them to jump at the first opportunity. Yeah, I don't think there's like it's not like eBay has the buy right now button. Yeah. Like I don't know if the transfer I don't think that's there. I don't know Ooh, if the tra- that would be cool in the transfer portal. Transfer portal has the, the you buy. Know, well, you know, that's a way of the go ahead and you know, see what they're worth. Yeah, give it you know what? Give Here it. I am. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm five grand a month by now. Give it five years. Like, yeah, give, no give, kidding. Give it five years, and we may, we may see it optimized to, uh, to, to that degree. No, it, it, I think. Remember the situation Auburn was in going into last year, where you had offensive linemen who are uh, returning starters and mm-hmm. relatively entrenched. And then very little depth behind them, and it was difficult to sell. The belief was we actually, you know, I think this was maybe was Auburn people, you know, rationalizing why Auburn wasn't getting incoming offensive linemen in the portal too. But it was. Oh, I, I think it is one of the reasons. It was they didn't one get of the, the one of the reasons for sure. What was that? Was that Auburn had veteran players, and it's tougher to sell to someone looking for a lot of playing time that there's a veteran player already playing your position, especially in a situation where maybe only one guy plays that position or, or very few players rotate at that position. When it's empty, when it's Oh yeah. When it's some of Auburn's, you know, I mean, especially if Marcus Harris were to go to the NFL. Like if, if it's empty, I mean, there's work to be done, but you would also think that's something that could be a compelling uh message in the portal is that you're you're gonna you, you could be you could be in the depth chart the moment you you could be one or two on the depth chart the mo- the moment you sign on the paper. What do you think the Carver kids are hearing? You can step right in. Step right in and play. And maybe that's why a couple of the first hires that Hugh Freeze brought in were his offensive and defensive line coaches. You know, I know he didn't make a, I know he didn't really register when he was here at Auburn. But do, but do you think, do you think that could be one of the reasons Dre Butler decided to follow his coach into the portal at Liberty? I mean, I, I don't know. I, know I don't know. Was, I know he was at, I mean, but looking at, he looking should, at the, yeah, he's familiar with, with you know, with the surroundings, that, and and he played for Garrett, right? At, yes, at Liberty, he would have, he would have mm-hmm. played for the defensive line coach there at, at Liberty as well. But that's somebody who, I mean, we'll see how dire the numbers get on the Auburn right. defensive line. But uh, if if Dre Butler didn't have a history at Auburn, you would look at his resume, right, and you would say, "Hey, wait a minute!" Like top, what was he coming out of junior college? He was one of the top top interior lineman, one of the top junior college players in the country. Coming yeah, I mean, I mean that, that, that alone, I think, would intrigue people to, to kick the tires on a veteran guy with one year of, of, of eligibility left. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, but that's, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you would think, we're going to be learning a lot of names over the no, next you're couple right. of months. You're right about that. That are, that are offered by Auburn. If not, there's not going to be a spring practice, or it'd be yeah. nothing but walk-ons. Yeah, we're either learning a lot of new names, or we're going to say the same names over and over yep. again, because they're the only ones there on the team right now. We're just getting underway. There has been an addition to the coaching staff, and a familiar name. We'll talk about that and more. Love for you to join in. Uh, don't forget, it's the Tuesday drive. That means that Barrett Salee should be joining us at the bottom of this hour. Jake Crane in the 5 o'clock hour, but all the rest of the time, love for you to call us on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390, as we're just underway here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Bill and Dan here in the studio. Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. Anything on your mind sports-wise. I mentioned another add to the uh, coaching staff. It had been, um, you know, sort of rumored for a few days. It had been out there uh, as a uh, looking like a, a pretty decent possibility. But Wesley McGriff, crime dog, heading back to Auburn. This will be his third stint at Auburn. He was here, I think, in 2016, 2019, and 20. And then was at Louisville 
this past year. And, uh, you know, he has produced some excellent defensive backs, some, had some really good secondaries, and has recruited some outstanding defensive backs uh, over the years. Big last couple of days for guys named McGriff. Uh, it, yeah, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame for, for Fred and uh, back to Auburn for Wesley. I was there at Fred McGriff's first game as an Atlanta Brave. You, you, the, you've the, told the night, that story. The night, Fulton County, uh, the, night, the night Fulton County Stadium caught fire. But uh, I digress. We don't have time for that with everything else going on. Uh, Wesley McGriff, you know, I, I think you've seen some people uh, being a little bit cynical about, oh, this is Hugh Freeze, you know, going back to the Hugh Freeze coaching tree and bringing in something. You know, and where do most coaches go? Yeah, and, and, and this is a guy that I think any, and had Auburn hired any coach, uh, to, to be the new head coach at Auburn. If, if Cadillac Williams had kept the job, if Auburn had gone out and hired someone other than Hugh Freeze, Wesley McGriff is a perfectly legitimate addition oh, no question. to an Auburn coaching staff. And now I wonder, Bill, with the turmoil at Louisville over the last couple of days and the possibility of a player exodus among the Cardinals with Scott Satterfield right. deciding going to, go to, to Cincy, going to Cincinnati, who is their bowl opponent, Coincidentally, those yeah. two teams are going to play each other, and, and they're and they're playing at a field where both teams are on the yeah. same sideline. It's Fenway Park, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That's that's the bowl game at Fenway Park. So gonna... so the team so Satterfield could just walk back and forth. You know, I don't the teams. think I don't think he's going to be anywhere near Boston that day. Myself, <laughs> maybe he'll join via satellite. I think that would be really. Satellite. It's like you know, he just coach and then go over and, and introduce himself. To, uh, you know, be talking to his play his to his new players as well as the former players. But, but what do you, what do you think no. of the idea of maybe paying closer oh, I, attention? I, I would think that makes a lot of sense. Paying closer attention to the Louisville trans, you know, to Louisville in the transfer portal. Well, you could also maybe want to take some players with him to Cincinnati potentially. But if that's uh, true, but but I would watch for defensive, especially starters mm-hmm. from Louisville or highly regarded, you know, got, you know, potential contributors. Yeah, Auburn could use some. Auburn could use another corner or two. Um, I'll tell you some, something else to keep in mind. Reuben Bain from down in Miami. Uh, Wesley McGriff has been recruiting him for a long time. Auburn, That's the reason Louisville has stayed in the picture there. The, your point on the corners, because, I mean, D.J. James is another player. Well, Nehemiah, Nehemiah yeah. Pr- Hey, all-conference today. No, D.J. James, your uh, second-team all-conference. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nehemiah went through senior day. D.J. didn't. Right. right? So, so I mean, even though D.J. could have been considered a senior or he's draft eligible, I don't know what No, the no, he's just oh, a, thir- he's a he's third. A thir- oh, that's he's right. a draft eligible. He's he's just a third-year guy. He's, he's a third-year guy. That's right. But he, he could have um, – he's, he's draft eligible, but he's not. Yes. He's, and, and, and Nehemiah has years remaining. Like, didn't, didn't they Leave it up to players somewhat to decide. Yeah, Nehemiah could have come back for a fifth year. Yes, Nehemiah could play another year, but decided to go through senior right. day. I think it's expected that Nehemiah Pritchett is moving on. Well, he's not showing on the roster, after, so I would say that, that he's <laughs> he's not coming back. That's a clue. Yeah, and then uh, so so Auburn is is going to. I no. mean, it's 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 DJ James is Jalen Simpson a corner or is he a safety? The way we saw him down the stretch, uh, JD Rim, Austin Osbury. That's it. Keontae Scott inside, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the guys that played corner. And one of them seemed to flourish more at, at safety. You know, for a team that had, uh, for a team that had a losing record and made a coaching change and Hugh Freeze is having to make some, you know, he's gotta, he's gotta make some pretty drastic changes to the roster. The possibility of DJ James, JD Rim, and Keontae Scott as your two corners and your nickel. Eh, you could you could do a lot worse than that in you know stepping in in a first year situation and you I, got and, and and you would hope uh, healthy Donovan Kaufman added to that you know gives you another guy um, Auburn's got some safeties though with Kaufman and and Zion Puckett, um, Kalen Bridges uh, who played K- yeah Caden Bridges Kaden, yeah 
uh, and and like and like we saw, Jalen really played well when he moved back there at safety. Um, Caleb Wooden, who who ended up redshirting this year, and Marquise Gilbert. I mean, Auburn's got a bunch of guys. The- a lot more guys at safety than they do at corner. The back four slash back five for Auburn isn't nearly as drastic a problem defensively when you look at the roster. No. Right now. now that could change no, depending but on pure cover guys. You could probably, you definitely could use one or two more. Generally, you're always looking to take one or yeah. two more pure cover guys. I mean, but no, you're right. Auburn could, you know, th- there could be an opening for something like that mm-hmm. for playing time. But the kind of playing him, like it's, you know what? It's it's kind of the point I was making earlier. Auburn can't go out and sell a ton of immediate playing time. You would think with the players they have returning in the secondary, may, maybe a pure cover corner. Yeah, they, they they may to a true cover corner. But a lot of guys, it, it may be more roster depth. Pretty much everywhere else, they yeah, the opportunities there on defense, linebacker, and and on the yes. defensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone Auburn would be looking to bring in, uh, you would think would have a chance to, uh, to to really battle to to be at the top or near the top of the depth chart very soon. All right, so with with Wesley McGriff now on the staff. There appears to just be one spot on the defensive side of the ball, and that would be defensive coordinator. Uh, over the last 24 hours, the the latest name that gets mentioned more and more over the last 24 hours, and again, I don't I, and I don't know how much that means because a lot of names have been mentioned that really haven't uh, um, you know haven't turned out to mean an awful lot. Barry Odom, by the way, is the new head coach at UNLV. So he is off the board there as a possibility at defensive coordinator. But it's been Charles Kelly who has picked up the most steam, I would say, over the last 24 to 36 hours. The interesting thing is Charles Kelly has been almost exclusively a secondary coach. And you already have West, West McGriff, Wesley McGriff and Zach Etheridge. But that doesn't, you know, your, your defensive coordinator doesn't have to coach a position. You've got Christian Robinson, who is a linebacker's coach. And uh, Jeremy Garrett, who is a defensive line coach, so you very well could could round it out without someone who has to take over a specific position. Let's get before we run out of time and get to our bottom of the hour break. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Matt gets us started. Hey, Matt. Hey guys, um, I'm just curious your opinion on how many of the players that are in the portal from big schools, Division One, you know, whatever uh, schools. How much? How many of those do you think are have been told they probably need to move on by the coaches because they haven't really panned out and are sort of getting uh, not forced out but encouraged to try somewhere else? I'd, I'd say a, a decent portion of those players from Power Five schools uh, either have been they, they either understand themselves that hey I'm not getting playing time or they've been encouraged to. Uh, uh, to find a place where they can get more playing time. Yeah, generally you want to look at, I mean, there, there are injuries that can disrupt this too, but yeah, playing time is generally a good indicator of that sort of thing because you have players who got a lot of playing time maybe looking for a bigger stage. You have players who didn't get a lot of playing time, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what they're looking for is playing time. Hope, you know, maybe on the same size stage, maybe somewhere, uh, maybe they have to move down a level uh, to get the, the, the kind of playing time. Yeah, it, it's the players that have come from the Power 5 schools who have gotten a lot of playing time. Those are the ones... That are are looking usually for a, for a bigger stage. Uh, there's a couple. You know, Alabama rarely has uh, anybody who hit track. Those I've been told that those players, of course, Alabama people are probably telling me this, but that they have been told they need to leave because and the coaches want their you know want their scholarship spot, which is I doubt they told know. JoJo Earl to hit the road. But um, 
Uh, you know, hard to say. Uh, last question. Uh, do you think Alabama's going to have some people opt out? They've never been in a position where they're just playing in sort of meaningless polls. Yes, I do. Game. I think, I think Nick, I think Nick Saban's trying to prevent that, but I absolutely do. Um, because yes, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy to say the, sh- I mean, it's the Sugar Bowl, but it's still not what they, uh, sort of signed up for, especially for the ones that are looking at the, uh, the NFL. Appreciate the call, Matt. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Barrett Salee joins us on the other side here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls, and we'll go to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Welcome in our good friend from CBSSports.com and SiriusXM. That is Barrett Selly. Barrett, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Uh, doing doing pretty well. Hey, it's it's got to be a uh, uh, th- this is a fun time with the uh, uh, transfer portal recruiting and the baseball winter meetings all going on at the same time. It uh, it is wild. It, there's no doubt. It is wild. Uh, you know, I think. We all sort of expected a free-for-all. I don't think anybody really expected anything like this. It's been pretty wild. Uh, yesterday, at, what, a 1,000 kids jumped in the portal? I, I think the wild, wild west was something we all kind of knew, but we didn't really know how to define it. And <laughs> there's no doubt, now we do. Yeah, I mean, when, when you see, you know, a 1,000 players entering the transfer portal now, a quarter or so of them were, were walk-ons, but I mean, still, I mean, today more and more being added in, and it's a, this is a, a thing a lot of, a lot of fans, we, we try to explain to folks, you know, it's not like the signing period, which is crazy now, the signing period in December is a three-day signing period, and that's when 80% of everybody's going to sign. The one that's in February goes for a month and a half. Um, and which is what we have really right now with the portal, but you don't have to sign. You just have to get into the portal. Yeah. Um, that, that's, what's most interesting is that, you know, you, it's all, you have like what a month and a half, I guess it's like January 17th or something, um, to, to finally end up somewhere. And yeah, um, I find it interesting that coaches really are going to have no idea who to sign from a high school perspective. And that's already, sort of an issue anyway because of the free year of eligibility and the you know the the things that were sort of implemented just for covid so i don't envy coaches who uh have to deal with roster management in fact i talked to a couple today that um that were just like their heads were swimming they had really no idea how to approach retaining players much less trying to fill spots with players who may or may not stay and could decide over the next three days so it's uh, it's an interesting time, but hey, um, you know, keeps us busy. I was joking earlier with some coworkers. It's like that, you know, the the, the structure of the actual football season is kind of. I've been there a little busy because there's no structure at all. No, 
Yeah, Barrett. There are uh, there are coaches out shopping in the uh, in the transfer portal, and then there are coaches who brought their own Louis Vuitton luggage to their new uh, destination. <laughs> I am fascinated by how this Deion Sanders thing is going to go, and it starts with what kind of team. Uh, he can assemble, uh, presumably featuring a lot of players that aren't currently on the Colorado roster. Uh, wh- what do you think of the move uh, in Boulder uh, to, to go get Deion Sanders? And, and what do you think as far as uh, uh, how, it, how it could work out short term? Well, short term, it's going to work out great. You know, I thought it was interesting how many people, uh, how many players jumped in the portal and immediately, you know, had Colorado as one of their finalists. Obviously, it's going to be a big draw. And I think he's just going to have a, a chance to pick and choose his roster, which is uh, which is very very uh, odd for University of Colorado. So I think short term it's going to work out great. Uh, Long term, you know, he's been a great coach at Jackson State. This is a different animal, obviously, but he's in a pretty easy conference uh, to be successful at in, and he is also in a uh, situation where two of the more important teams, two of the you know more relevant powers, are leaving in a couple of years. So. I think it's going to work out just fine. Uh, I, I think Colorado hasn't necessarily been a sleeping giant, but it really shouldn't have been as bad as it's been over the last, you know, 30-some-odd years. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun. We'll see if it's sustainable. But I think right now there's no doubt he's going to have a pretty talented and pretty stocked roster uh, once those dominoes start falling. Well, a lot of folks in the in the southeast are going, well, at least he's, uh, you know, He's not going to be competing head-to-head. He, he will for players, but uh, if, if things go great, it won't have a huge impact on, uh, on, on, on folks in this immediate area. If, if they don't go great, then uh, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, it, it, is, it is just wildly interesting and entertaining to see how this goes. It is, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of nervous folks on, on both sides right now. So, uh, <laughs> It's the whole the whole thing right now, Bill. Uh, what are we going to do? What's everybody going to do? I think that in y'all's case, I mean, Hugh setting up the the you know the framework to go hit the portal hard. I think is it, is exactly what Auburn needs. But mm-hmm. man, there are a bunch of different philosophies out there. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I try to I try to keep up with with the roster, and Auburn's down to around fifty players. If if everybody else who's still on the roster doesn't either enter the portal or there are quite a few guys, including Tank, that I've still got on the roster because he hasn't announced for the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the possibility of adding 40 players, 40-plus players in the offseason, that's mind-blowing. I mean, it's like uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not doing that. I mean, it's going to be... Amazing to watch. So many rosters are going to change so drastically here in the off season. Yeah, they are, and I think that's why it's important that you know a place like Auburn has its NIL collective firmly entrenched. That you know because it, we all know that you know the NIL stuff is used in recruiting. It's not supposed to be, but everybody does it and does it in a huge way. And for for Auburn to have that structure in place, you know, I, I know. Um, Brian Harson is kind of a dirty word around there, but he did get that in place pretty quickly, and that's very important. And uh, he was so bad that a lot of players left, which leads a lot of roster openings for those transfers mm-hmm. that are going to be taking advantage of that NIL program. So it's, yeah, Auburn's going to have to basically turn over half its roster. And I think it's in a spot, though, where 
doing that is first easier said than done, and it can be done with players who are really, really good because of how attractive it is. Talking with Barrett Salee from CBS Sports and Sirius XM Radio here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Yeah, a lot of familiar names at quarterback uh, putting their names in the transfer portal just in the first day, including uh, Devin Leary. Half the a, ACC. Yeah, Devin Leary had a sensational season <laughs> at, uh, at, at NC State. Uh, Phil, Phil Jerkovich at, uh, at, at Boston College. Uh, if you remember Luke Altmeyer. Uh, the the old Miss quarterback mm-hmm. who stepped in for Matt Corral, he's uh, go, gone into the transfer portal. We saw Austin Reed uh, from Western Kentucky yeah. uh, in, in his uh, in, in Auburn's final home game of the season. Anyone really stick out to you as a uh, as, as as a really intriguing name? J T. Daniels in the portal and, and el- eligible yep. for I think seven or eight years of of college football potentially based on like a, a medical redshirt situation that that he hasn't. Uh, heard about, but but yeah, Barrett. What do you think of uh, any anyone in the in the in the portal really pique your interest? Yeah, I mean, J T. Daniels uh, was was very interesting because I don't know where he could go. I mean, he might just have to drop down to, to group of five. Uh, but the other stuff in that, like, he got a five hundred thousand dollar nil deal at West Virginia. Like that is that's pretty surprising. J T. Daniels. Um, so that, but Austin Reed, I, I think. Of all the quarterbacks that went in yesterday, two people were uh, a little surprising. And Caden Slovis, um, because I think there was some talk that uh, that you know Reed could stay there and put up video game numbers. And then I thought for Caden Slovis, he was going to be the starter at Pitt. But I think the frustration of not really running the Kenny Pickett offense, you know, really frustrated him. And when he found out that Pittsburgh was dabbling in the portal for quarterbacks. You know, I, I think he just said, screw this, is it worth it? So those two are very interesting. I, I don't know if either would be targets for Auburn, but, uh, you know, and I, I think that Hugh probably has a good idea of what he can do with either one of those guys. So it will be interesting to see what happens if, if Auburn does go after quarterbacks. You know, so who are these guys that they go after? Because there are a lot of upgrades out there. You know something else that is that is crazy to me is – how hard, I mean, you've got assistant coaches on the road every day, and a lot of those guys are going to be working for somebody else in a matter of weeks um, because yeah. there, there are quite a few openings on staffs. Obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're focused here on Auburn, but there's, there are openings all across the country, and as, as coaches, head coaches move from one place to another, jobs open, the coaches are going to move, and so while you're evaluate, evaluating the transfer portal, you're trying to get out there because it's the first week coaches can be on the road. But there's there's no way that these kids can have any guarantee that the coaches that are visiting are going to be wearing the same colors in just a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think you're actually talking about, you know, maybe three jobs for some of these guys in the offseason. We've seen that happen a few times, mm-hmm. but uh, there's so many moving parts right now. You you kind of can't get your arms around it if you're even a fan, much less, you know, a coach or a player. So, you know, the kids are going to suffer for it a little bit, um, but there aren't many spots for high school kids anyway due to the free COVID year. So some of these high school kids are just got, they just have to sign wherever they can and then just figure it out the next year when they're eligible to transfer. I, I think though, the, the first part of this leading up to national signing day is going to be really chaotic, but after national signing day, coaches will, you know, get hired and switch jobs or whatever. Right. And the current transfer window is still going to be open for what, another month 
little less than a month uh, after the early signing period. So you might be in a situation where once the portal window closes for this, for the winter, you might have a little bit of stability or at least some of these players are going to have a better idea of, of what each team is going to look like. You know, I'm wondering if uh, the NCAA, after after we get through this first year of the 45-day window and then the 15, if they might go back to like a 30 and 30 because the window goes till January 19th. Uh, January 19th is pretty much uh, about the second week of classes for 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 most schools. And it seems like it would just be better served to go ahead and just do it through the end of the year and then give them a month or so, I w- give them the month of May. I wonder if the January 19th is for the benefit of players who play in the national championship game. Ah, well, that's so a good maybe, point. I mean, maybe, good they, point. maybe they want the portal. Well, they could put an exception there that if they, you're they playing, could. you could still do it. I just wonder if maybe that, that keeps the portal available for teams that make the playoff and the championship game to still have, you know, players have the option afterward of, of still getting at least a little mm-hmm. bit of time in the portal. Because we haven't, yeah, seen any, uh, haven't seen anybody from those four teams Jump into the portal if you notice the four teams that made the. Uh, I guess the quarterback, the backup quarterback from Michigan, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, went, went to uh, went, went to Iowa. Matt but there, yeah. Yeah. very few departures from the four teams that made the right. college football playoff as yet in the portal. Yeah, um, I think the national championship game is is part of why it's so long. Also, I think uh, they they wanted to find sort of a happy medium between schools on semesters and quarters mm-hmm. because you know some, yeah for for Auburn being on semesters. You know, it's going to be, what, a week and a half in? But, you know, when I was at Auburn, we were on the quarter system for two years before switching. And I don't – Bill, you might remember, I, I don't think we went back to school till like, Jan- till the end of January. Eh, like, it was it was between – it was like the, around the 20th. And then that, that's that, – yeah, so that's right. Uh, it was what, after MLK. You're right. Yeah. It was after MLK. Right. And what would stink is when you came back and somebody wanted to give a test. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to have been studying up over the last six weeks or whatever while I'm out. Who hey. did that? <laughs> uh, Dad, Dad mentioning the, uh, the, the playoffs. Did I love your thoughts. You, did they get it right? Yeah, they got it right, at least with the four teams. I think that, you know, maybe you could make an argument that Ohio State deserved number three, uh, but, you know, I can see both sides of that. Uh, so, yeah, but, I mean, with the top four, I don't think there's any doubt Georgia and Michigan had to be one and two, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU absolutely had to be in, and, and I don't think that there was any question that Ohio State had to be in. In fact, I, I would say that uh, Ohio State's biggest threat should have been Tennessee, um, so, but yeah, I mean that that was a long shot. Ohio State deserves it, and yeah, I don't have any problem with it. Um, yeah, we, we were we were talking, and and I don't know that uh, uh, that Kirby Smart, if if you could if you could really you know ask him and not him be worried about uh, anybody really hearing it, I would imagine he probably wouldn't have minded playing TCU as opposed to playing Ohio State. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, um, but. The playoff says they don't look at matchups. They just rank the top four, and that's that's what happens. Uh, I would imagine, yes, that Kirby Smart would have much rather played TCU. Uh, but TCU is still a good team. That's mm-hmm. not a knock against them. But, you know, Ohio State having a month to get a month plus to get those running backs healthy is really important. And, man, it's going to be hard to slow down C.J. Stratton. I'm not too worried about what happened in the second half with Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, throwing all over the Georgia secondary, no. those were garbage touchdowns. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, think about C.J. Stroud seeing a little bit of that on tape. You know, they can they can build off that if they if they think if they want to try to. So, uh, yeah, it's I would say that Kirby Smart would uh, would, would have preferred something different.
Well, you know, we've had years where the the one versus four and the two versus three look like total mismatches and then play out that way in the college football playoff. Weren't they both blowouts last year in the uh, in, in in the first round of of, of the uh, of, of the playoff? These look like they could both be competitive games. I think both teams are favored by right around a touchdown. Uh, what are what are your thoughts, Barrett? I mean, TCU and Michigan. Do you think that could be a a, a competitive game? You just you just told us you think Ohio State's got a a pretty good shot of of, of taking it to Georgia. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing with that is if it's going to be close, TCU can't dig itself in too big of a hole. Right. Uh, you know, that's their MO, that's their identity, they make it work, and that's fine. Uh, but against a team like Michigan, you know, they'll just suffocate you. And Michigan and Georgia are kind of the same way. Is if, you, if you get down too much, they're just going to deflate the football and take all of your dignity. I mean, that's just how they operate. So as long as it's not a, you know, 14-point deficit, yeah, TC is going to have a chance. And Max Duggan uh, has been so solid. And if that defense can take away um, Donovan Edwards, I don't really know if J.J. McCarthy can win when he has to with his arm. Obviously, he's had success throwing the ball, but I don't think any of us think he's a difference maker by any stretch. So uh, that, that I think will be fascinating to see if TCU pressures him early and if it doesn't work, how... How big of a hole does does that create? Because you don't want to get down fourteen points. And looking forward to it. It is it is fun time, crazy times. Let everybody know what all you've got going on and and, and how they can follow it. Yeah, coaching carousel nonstop on CBSSports.com. Also have a transfer portal live blog, so that's uh, that's a lot of fun. And oh, we'll have yeah. Heisman covered this weekend and uh, Sirius XM on Sundays whenever else they need me. So. Yeah, all over the place. Busy time of year. No structure this time of year, which is a little bit. Yeah, it can be fun. But, uh, yeah, no kidding. Great stuff, Barrett. Thanks, man. Uh, have a great week. Yeah. All right. Thanks, y'all, too. Barrett Salee joining us, as he does on Tuesdays. Yeah, as, I mean, there is. It's just crazy trying to keep up with everything that's going on. The coaches, recruiting, transfer portal. Uh, oh, yeah, there's, you know, there, there'll be some... There will be some practices for some schools that are playing. It's so easy for a story to fall through the cracks, right? A a name that you recognize, a name that you've heard of, a player that you, you know, maybe, you know, made an an imprint on you in the past. He could be in the portal, and amid this, you know, amid this tornado of news, we we don't, uh, you know, it could it could be something that. That's why every school's got to have a big staff following all these guys. I think it was Billy Napier who said. He imagines very soon the standard in major college football will be you double your recruiting efforts. For everything you had looking at high mm-hmm. school ranks, you're going to have that looking at the transfer portal year-round. You better, or you're going you're gonna to just get uh, completely blown by. All right, we need to get to our final break of hour number one. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final minute or so of hour number one. And uh, we were talking about uh, the the you know Auburn being one spot uh, away from apparently filling the defensive side of the ball, and been a name that had been talked about an awful lot over the last twenty four hours. Charles Kelly, Nathan King 
from um, from AUTigers.com and, and Auburn Undercover posting a new name to keep an eye on. Not really a new name, but as far as in the uh, discussion with Auburn's defensive coordinator position, Zach Arnett of Mississippi State. That's right. And you would think really good young defensive coordinator. You would think John Cohen would would know would how to think. get in contact with uh, uh, former Mississippi State athletic director John Cohen would know how to get in contact with Zach Arnett. Zach Arnett, uh, a, a disciple of Rocky Long, who was a, a football coach. A lot of folks know and a really influential guy in coaching, especially linebackers. Uh, and and Arnett spent most of his career mm-hmm. playing and coaching for Rocky Long before making the jump to Mississippi State these last three years. Very impressive defensive work he's done with the Bulldogs in Starkville. All right, we are halfway done here on the Tuesday Drive. James, if you can't hang on, we've got to get to our top-of-the-hour break. You'll be up first when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Two big NFL stories from ESPN's Adam Schefter. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo does not need surgery on his broken foot. If rehab goes well, he could return in seven to eight weeks. The Rams claim quarterback Baker Mayfield on waivers a day after he was released by Carolina. He could play Thursday night against the Raiders. This move was made with an eye on the future for both sides, says ESPN's Ryan Clark. The new Matthew Stafford is aging. He's a guy that's been banged up. You get Baker Mayfield in the building. To me, this is a tryout. Are you a fit for us on the field? Can you be a fit for us in the locker room? And now he goes into next year because he's going to be a backup, backing up a Matthew Stafford. And now if you go and play, you have a number one overall talent. ESPN's Ed Werder is reporting the Cowboys have concerns after free agent receiver Odell Beckham Jr.'s physical that his recovery from a torn ACL has not progressed enough to ensure that he'd play before mid-January. The Titans fired GM John Robinson two days after they were routed by Philadelphia, a game in which receiver A.J. Brown traded to the Eagles by the Titans this offseason, had two touchdowns. Round of 16 World Cup, Portugal defeated Switzerland 6-1 to move on. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill and Dan with Drew at the Controls. And the second hour, as usual, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we uh, welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through 
is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast of the show, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. And uh, speaking of the Kia of Auburn hotline, we have a caller. James has been hanging on since the end of hour number one. Hey, James, thanks for holding on. Hey, guys. Um, I just want to ask you all a couple of questions. Um, on the, I can't think of the guy's name, but his last name is Nix, and he was in the running for the offensive coordinator job. That, that would be um, uh, Derek Nix, who's a native yeah. of... Uh, um, well, he's he's from uh, Carnell Williams' hometown, as a matter of fact. He's an Alabama native. Okay. Um, I heard something I want to ask you if you thought this was true. Um, I know it's just a rumor, but still. Um, I was told that the reason why he didn't really get the OC job was because something about his contract was worded that it he wouldn't have to pay a buyout as long as he left for a coordinator slash play caller job have y'all heard of that before i i've i i read that or somebody yeah somebody sent that to me i i don't know contracts there can be all kinds of things in there he has the co-offensive coordinator title but he's not a play caller so you know i i i would assume what uh what old miss what lane kiffin and old miss want is uh they want to make sure that if someone is leaving they're leaving for a job which would be a step up. I do think something else that's a factor in there, I believe he is right at being, uh, well, he may be completely fully vested, but I think he's got 19 years in the Mississippi retirement system. And if he could get that 20th year, that's going to be worth a lot. If he left and went back, he'd have to buy back back some time. So uh, it just may be, you know, not worth it as far as his retirement for him to leave right at this time. I got you. Now, one other thing, too, I was going to ask you guys. Um, I heard this today, too, and I don't know if this is a rumor or true, but it, some of the Auburn people I seem to have talked to over the last week or so seem to believe that Ole Miss has just started uh, wanting 200% of their buyout if you buy out their coaches. I thought that had been going on for the last year or two. It, has that been something they just started doing, or is that? Was I on my right assumption with the if they've been doing it for a year or two? I don't know. I mean, uh, that, that that's a little unusual to uh, to be there, and I would assume it would have to be in their contracts, and you'd know about that when you went yeah. to even uh, talk to any of them as as a possibility of of leaving. That's true. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. I'll talk to y'all later. Appreciate it, James. I uh, don't really know the offensive coordinator. I would think the defensive coordinator is. Um, Right now, more important than the offensive coordinator, because if it comes down to it, Hugh Freeze can call plays. If he finds an offensive coordinator that he's comfortable with turning play the play calling over to, uh, it's still going to be, I would think offensive players would have an idea of what they should be expecting. It's the defensive coordinator, and it's interesting because it looks like Auburn has everything failed over there on the defensive side except for the coordinator. And but you one, don't and, know, but you don't know the <clears throat> the style or the base that the coordinator normally runs. And one would think, depending on who that coordinator <laughs> is, uh, he could take a very active role in recruit in, in coaching right. the line, in the linebackers. You, you would think. Well, well, I guess there's a couple of possibilities. Here. Could be a line, or it could be a, an outside linebacker slash edge guy linebacker 
Well, let's begin you here. You figure it's probably not going to be somebody on the back end. Operating under the, the assumption that Zach Etheridge is coming back. <clears throat> right. And since Zach Etheridge was on the road with Hugh Freeze today over uh, over in Georgia and, uh, I believe, back in back in Alabama, I would think that's a pretty good assumption. Yeah, safe. It feels safe. So, so assuming that Weston McGriff and Zach Etheridge are going to coach your secondary. Right. You've got Christian Robinson, who can coach... Outside linebackers. He can, count, he can coach and inside linebackers, outside linebackers, or edge. Right. And you've got uh, Jeremy Garrett, right? The, right. Uh, the, who, the, who has coached both defensive line and defensive ends. Right. So you may have four of your five defensive coaches right there. And then a defensive coordinator who coaches linebackers could be the could i mean could be you, the fifth edition you, you could have you could have someone who doesn't necessarily take a position or you could have someone you would think might uh take maybe inside linebackers but but a de- like a that. defensive a defensive coordinator who coaches linebackers <clears throat> might slide right in to to what you you seemingly have right now with Garrett and Robinson maybe taking the line of scrimmage and the outside linebackers in the ends and McGriff and yeah, Etheridge yeah. Taking the uh, taking the secondary potentially, or Robinson could be more involved in. He coached the linebackers as a total group, right? And you could have an outside linebacker slash ends coach who is mm-hmm. also the defensive coordinator. I mean, it doesn't doesn't narrow down the possibilities. Now the duties uh, still have yet to be assigned. As a matter of fact, the interesting thing is, you know, people go, "Well, who's officially on staff?" Auburn hasn't released anybody. The only thing we know for sure is that Cadillac Williams has been retained. Um, we do know that Christian Robinson and Zach Etheridge have been recruiting, but there's been a no announcement from Auburn that they're still on the staff. Did see one other thing today. Remember the guy that was uh, mentioned the, uh, uh, last week um, right after Hugh Freeze took the job was Maurice Harris, and some folks were thinking maybe he'd be the receiver's coach. Apparently he is not coming to Auburn. So, um, so the, you know, the thought had been, well, maybe he'll go off the field. Wherever he is, apparently doesn't doesn't appear that it will be at Auburn. Is there has there been talk about receivers coach? I mean that's that's something else that's uh, there's been down. a lot of talk. Right, speculation had been Grant Hurd. Grant Hurd, the who's former recruiting Ole Miss. for yeah. Central Florida, and Gus Malzahn right now, former Ole Miss offensive coordinator Grant Hurd. Who I mean, Grant Hurd would have with with Gus Malzahn and Chip Lindsey right there in Orlando. Grant Hurd would have plenty of information available about the Auburn job. Right, I mean he's got. He's got two guys that were in very prominent positions. Gus, the, the head coach. Chip Lindsey spent uh, two seasons as, as Gus's offensive quarter. You would think uh, th- those two guys would, would be able to provide uh, insight if, if there was indeed interest from Auburn towards uh, Grant Hurd as a receivers coach. Could could be somebody else. Uh, could could be somebody else too in the in the in that mix for the uh, uh, for for the for, for the receivers coach position. Yeah. So. Uh... We'll just see. Again, folks are wondering, well, 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 isn't it critical to have those guys? Uh, it's not necessarily critical when you're able to use Trevon Reed and Kendall Simmons and people like that on the road recruiting for you right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think you raised the possibility. It could be a job that hasn't, uh, I mean, it, it could be that they're waiting on someone to become available. I guess there's also the chance of an NFL uh, position coach, and, and those those coaches Generally aren't available until you know you would think the regular season is over, but but that's uh, that, yeah that's, that's less likely I would think right now. Uh, I mean maybe you maybe you make a change. I don't think you're going to wait all the way until January. 
the longer it stretches into January without the job being filled. Yeah, but I mean, let's wait and see what happens. Right. This week. No, I, I would agree. I mean, it, the, the, then then it becomes more realistic, maybe, mm-hmm. that they're waiting for someone who you know has, has a good reason why they're not on the market right now. 334-321-1390, and Ty the Tiger is up next. Hey, Ty. Hey, guys. Um, I, I, I just, y'all cut in and out, or I just missed it. What, what, is, uh, what is Zach Etheridge's position going to be? Well, we, we don't know. It hasn't been announced, but with Wesley okay. McGriff, with Wesley McGriff rejoining the Auburn staff, you would assume uh, one of them's going to coach corners, the other one's going to coach safeties. Yeah, the suspicion we have right now, Ty, is that you know the identity of four of the five defensive coaches, and you're waiting to hear about a coordinator who presumably could also coach linebackers. The assumption, the reason we're making that assumption is because you already have Wesley McGriff and Zach Etheridge coaching the secondary. You don't know for sure that Zach Etheridge is, is part of the fold, but at the same time, he's out recruiting with Hugh Freeze right now, so it feels safe to assume that Zach Etheridge uh, could indeed be one of those 10 assistant coaches on Hugh Freeze's first staff. And with uh, Garrett and Christian Robinson also expected to be part of this, Garrett coming over from Liberty, Christian Robinson retained on the previous staff, that's four of, of the five right there, and, and you would think there's a defensive coordinator coming to, to fill that, uh, to fill that <laughs> void. Any word on Trevon Reed? Uh, Trevon uh, is is still here. I mean, um, you know, he's, uh, I saw him just a couple of days ago. So I mean, they're, having, they're using him to recruit because yeah. they have they have availabilities right now. They have openings on the staff, and and you can appoint sort of you know interim position. Sure, you, you can take you can take um, all you know guys that aren't on field staffers and use them in recruiting before you know while you don't have a full staff. So Trevon has been helping out there, I believe. I would think that if Trevon Reed is a position coach next year, it's not at Auburn. Uh, would be my guess, but I also don't know you know if if, if Trevon would rather stay and and be part of the operation while not having an on field role uh, with, uh, with 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 uh, with the Tigers. Well, that. That would that would be a bummer for me. I like Reed. He did a good job the last two years with yep. what he could work with, and and he's an Auburn guy. I mean, he's an Auburn guy. If you, I follow him on Facebook, I, I, I follow him on Instagram. He tweets about Auburn. I mean, he's got that. You know, I think him and Cadillac are real close. Um, well, no, I'd, I'd love to see. I, I mean, I'll, it would be it would be disappointing to see him go, Ty. But at the same time, I'd love to see him gain the experience of getting to be an on-field position coach somewhere, whether it's at Auburn or if it's somewhere else. And I'll never forget his, uh, after the Iron Bowl interview, um, they, I, when he when he sat Greg McElroy, <laughs> and they said, well, what did you think about that play? He said, man, when Coach called that play, I knew it was going to be open. I'm sitting there, and I'm licking my chops, licking my chops. <laughs> i never get that interview the rest of my life. Anyway, so... Zach Etheridge, that's that's always my question because obviously we got a DB coach and we got an associate head coach, and if I'm not mistaken, that was his position last year. Was those two, you know, combined? So I don't know where he fits in. But again, I wish we keep. You know, I, I know we can't keep everybody, um, but I am a little nervous about. You know, I mean, this this transfer portal is opening wide up. Um, I don't understand why we hadn't named a DC yet, unless it's just like you said, we're waiting on. NFL guys to get to a point where their season is null and void um, or completely over. Well, I think I one of the guys, one, one of the guys that had been talked about, got a head coaching job today. That's uh, Barry Odom, who was at uh, from Arkansas. 
So, I mean, that may be one of the reasons, too. When you're talking to folks that have opportunities and they get a chance to be a head coach, then you've got to wait if he if he's high on your list. And I can understand why he would have been high on the list. So uh, so we'll see. Did, Is there any word out of... Any word out of Tuscaloosa that they've gotten rid of either one of their coordinators yet? Nah, and they probably. I, I think what uh, what Alabama's going to do is wait and see if if Bill O'Brien Bill O'Brien wants to get back in the NFL. I, I know what Bill thinks. I don't know if you've actually told me this. You think Bill O'Brien's going to the NFL? I do. And, and you then think, I think and you think Phil Longo? I think Phil Longo will be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Well, I read an article today where. Um, Supposedly, somebody's crystal ball said D'Amico Ryan um, to Alabama for D.C. And I think, I mean, that, that'd be scary, uh, in my opinion. Um, I, you know, I know he's been in the NFL game, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he could pick up on recruiting and, and oh, yeah. be kind of like a, no a Cadillac for them, you know, the, the mm-hmm. way Cadillac's been for us. Uh, but I haven't heard, again, I just hadn't heard anything from us loose but I don't keep up with him that much anyway, but. All right, guys. Well, man, um, looks like Alabama and Auburn both got some basketball uh, good contest this weekend. You guys going to be there? I'm not going to make it. I'm, uh, younger son is is heading over to Atlanta to uh, to check out the Memphis game. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, I mean, Alabama's got Houston, and then they've got and then they get Memphis uh, right after Auburn does. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be as good this year, but I think we can. Um, I think we can put something together and have a good team. But we just we hadn't found that playmaker, guys. We hadn't found that Jabari Smith, that Okoro, that Okiki. We hadn't found that guy that we can just say, hey. No, you don't have that go-to. Here, here, here's the guy. Yeah, Game's on the line. We're going to go down there. We're going to pass it to you, and you need to, yep. you need to score a buck. Okay? Yep. Um, and, you know, I mean, everybody's got that guy or that playbook if, if for good teams, you know. But we're deep, and we're a good team. We're just not a great team, you know, and that kind of, you know. Uh, but, hey, still undefeated, number 11. Keep it rock and roll. Hey, War Eagle guys. Man, yeah, just 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 imagine Dan back in the day, you know, going, Well, we're we're not great yet. Yeah. We're I just mean, good. We're just unbeaten and number well, eleven in the country. I can understand how I mean for some folks, you know, be, being just outside the top ten is uh, is frustrating. It's a bummer. Bill, oh, yeah. Bill remembers. Bill remembers. When I remember Auburn's, we're bubbling under the hot hundred. Yeah, just outside the top <laughs> two fifty or so is where <laughs> Auburn's been. How about a you know a game I would uh, point out? I mean, yes, excellent basketball this weekend. UConn, Florida tomorrow night. UConn's Ooh, yeah. UConn's going down to Gainesville. Hornets Nest. That's a Florida team that has been. I mean, West Virginia killed them, but every other game has been uh, either razor thin or a convincing Florida victory. And between. Uh, Lofton, the St. Bonaventure guard that people like, and uh, and Colin Castleton, who's still sticking around there in, uh, in in Gainesville. I think that could be a really interesting one tomorrow. And I mean, the SEC's got a couple of chances mm-hmm. this weekend in out of conference action to flex their muscle. Bam and Houston uh, this uh, this Saturday, and uh, and tomorrow night uh, you've got uh, you've got the the UConn Huskies at Florida. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Uh, Come on in and join us. Don't forget, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Jake Crane from Crane & Company here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday evening. Bill and Dan... 
And, yeah, we're trying to keep up with who is in the portal. There aren't many players that have decided where they're going to go. I mean, let's let's face it. It's been a day, and the portal continues. I don't think we've mentioned the latest entries from Auburn. We did mention Marquise Robinson, Jordan Ingram, who we talked about yesterday when we were talking about the depth there at running back. And, you know, he's a guy that was like uh, number five. Uh, in the running back room, so it makes sense that he is in the portal. So by my count now, Dan, with uh, with and and again, I'm still I still have guys like like Tank Bigsby, uh, Cam Stutz, Jalil Irvin. Trying to think of um, you know guys that may or may not be back. I have Auburn with 53 scholarship players. With no more attrition, and there will be more attrition. So like we were talking with Barrett, that means Auburn has more than 30 spots right now. Uh, I would think it'll probably be closer to at least 40 before it's done. But but there are some just obvious holes. If you weren't with us in the first hour, with the, with the word of Caleb Wooden declaring for the NFL draft and Marquise Robinson to the portal, Auburn only has six scholarship defensive linemen on the roster. They have uh, eight scholarship offensive linemen. Now, I guess there's, you know, there's, we've talked about the possibility of Keandre Jones returning. Um, I wonder, I really wonder of the other players from Auburn that have entered the portal, if Auburn's going to make any effort to try to bring those guys back. I, I sort of doubt it. Oh, certainly. And, and you wonder if any of those players made their decision after consulting yeah. with, with Auburn's new coaching staff. You don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's an option. Uh, but, but it also, you know, for, for players who, it, it, that, that'll be up to the Auburn coaches in part, you know, if they want mm-hmm. to seriously pursue retaining uh, any of any of the players there, there, that are eligible to come back to Auburn. I mean, most of the rest of the guys have played very sparingly, if at all. They've, they've been guys that haven't played much. I mean, a couple of them have been around for a while. I mean, Zave Capers, you know, had got a start or two, but but never really uh, broke through. Um, so, 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 yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know that Auburn is done having players go in. Alabama's had... Uh, about a dozen players that have entered the portal since you know since it opened yesterday. And I, you know, I, I offensive s- lineman. I want to see where Auburn goes on the offensive line. I am of the opinion, especially when you're running a Hugh Freeze type offense, if you're if you're going to open things up the way the way Hugh Freeze likes to. I mean, it's it's almost a luxury if you can have elite guards and a and an elite center. But I think if you can, I mean, you you can almost get by with good to very good internal and you you need great tackles. I mean Hugh Freeze, mm-hmm. that whole blindside yeah, mentality. Both, he had some great tackles. Yeah. I mean it's it's I don't think it's a coincidence that Hugh Freeze's greatest teams have had exceptional talent mm-hmm. at tackle. I imagine I mean he, he understands the priority, if anyone Auburn could have hired, understands the importance of of protecting a quarterback with, with great tackles and also the way that can benefit the run game. But but at the you know at the very least what that can do in the passing game, it's Hugh Freeze. Whether or not those answers at tackle are there in the portal, you know, we'll see. Teams have been able to find uh, starting tackles in the portal. Javion Cohen, right, for a lot of folks, you know, would would, would seemingly be one of your would he be now, a, he played guard, he played more more guard in Alabama. Okay. Yeah. 
So I mean, but I mean, I think he wants to be a tackle. Interesting. So I mean, so I mean, there there are there are places where Auburn could look uh, at tackle. I mean, there, there are places Auburn could look, you know, internally maybe for yeah, one of the Brockermeyer twins it, is it, in the portal from Alabama. I mean, so very. I mean, of course, their guys. Alabama doesn't have an awful lot of guys that that weren't high profile when they signed them. That's the thing. Now that doesn't mean that they can't miss either. Um, so I mean, that's where the evaluation is going to be very, very important. But something else Hugh Freeze did extremely well when he was at Ole Miss was bring in big time wide receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's something you yes. look you look at some of the guys he was able to sign. He also understood the importance of having elite talent at that position. And I would imagine that that Auburn is going to be. I mean, we we know yeah, they 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 went they they jumped on Ra Ra and right. offered him. He's gotten offers from a lot of schools. I, I'm under the. I want to clarify what I said yesterday too. I'm I'm under the impression uh, that Ra Ra Thomas <laughs> is is looking at a lot of different factors. I I believe he comes from some financial hardship, so it would be understandable if mm-hmm. NIL plays. Uh, a, a serious role uh, in his uh, in, in his recruitment, uh, but that's also a guy who I think wants the opportunity to showcase his skills and move on to the NFL after this season. Could be a one and done situation for whatever team gets Ronald right. Thomas uh, this year, but it's worth it. I mean, um, you- among among the schools that I saw, that I mean, I mean, schools that had contacted, including Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU. Were among the schools that that had that had contacted. I believe Oklahoma and Oregon Oklahoma also made and Oregon. That's also, right. Also made offers according to his uh, social media, and I I believe the the one of the Mississippi State reporters uh, when he put went into the portal uh, said there was uh, there was Georgia interest on on both sides. I wouldn't doubt it as as well. I mean, no, he's he's going to be a hot commodity. He played played well for the Bulldogs. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Specter is up next. Hey, Specter. Hey guys, uh, question. We're talking defense a lot today. Uh huh. What What is the possibilities of us getting Rodney Garner back from Tennessee? Probably not very very likely because what uh, what what Hugh Freeze is looking for right now is a proven defensive play caller, and that's something Rodney's never been as defensive coordinator. Yeah. Well, I'm. I was looking on the bright side of getting defensive lines in. On a, on a recruiting basis. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no question. Rodney is as proven as it gets in uh, recruiting premier uh, defensive line talent, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Last four or five years, all those are all his players. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the question I, I needed to answer because I know he, there was a situation at the high school. I don't know if that would have a bearing on it or not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I- and, yeah. and I I think it's more likely. I mean that Auburn. I mean they could still shuffle things around. There's still no guarantees as to who has what duties there on the defense. Uh, Jeremy Garrett, who Hugh Freeze has brought in, is a very highly thought of young, energetic defensive line coach. Uh, it wouldn't be unheard of to see two defensive line coaches, but you've got to find room for you know you've got to be able to cover everything on the offense as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was just curious. I'll let you go. I know you got a guest at the bottom of the hour. All right, Specter. Appreciate the call. Yeah, we're 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 closing in on the uh, bottom of the hour break. Uh, another name. Uh, I, I saw someone mention uh, the NC State defensive coordinator Tony Gibson. Uh, that's a name I had not heard mentioned until somebody uh, somebody said that one. I mean, who knows? Um, it, it is going to be very interesting to see who. The defensive coordinator is, and how soon Auburn can have him in place. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll we'll ask Jake 
uh, what what names he's hearing on the Auburn coordinator spots. As Jake Crane of Crane & Company joins us on the other side here on the Tuesday Drive. to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday evening. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. Right now we'll uh, put your calls on hold as we go to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And welcome in our good friend from Crane and Company. That, of course, is Jake Crane. Hey, Jake, how are you doing today? Uh, gentlemen, I'm doing well. How are you all doing? Uh, fine, man. This is This is a crazy, crazy time. So much movement. Players, coaches... You've got recruiting, but the transfer portal just literally exploding with uh, players just uh, continuing to enter. It seems like every few minutes I look, there's there's a new addition or two. Yeah, it feels like true free agency because that's what it is. I mean, uh, you know, we knew after kind of what we saw in the offseason last year, uh, it, it could get crazy. But, but, but I mean, you, you had over a 1,000 players enter the portal uh, on December 5th, that was obviously an all-time high for one day. And it's just, it's how it is now. So, I mean, as a coach, you have to be able to embrace it. Uh, you have to be able to use it. What I like to say is, you know, it can plug up some holes in the ship, but you don't want to make the whole boat out of it. So it's uh, if it's used right, it can definitely be a weapon. Now, one of the things Hugh Freeze said at his opening press conference was he'd like to build with high school and then fill in with a transfer portal but uh, it's probably not going to be able to do that here immediately. And with Auburn now having around 10 players entering the portal, um, by my count, they're down to around 50 scholarship spots right now. So the transfer portal is going to be very, very important for Hugh Freeze in his first year. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on your circumstance. You know, it's a lot different if you've had a program, you know, running for a while and you've been able to turn it into somewhat of a machine and, and you're able to, to manipulate it easier than when you just got to a place and you're having to flip a roster to be able to compete quickly. You know, it's, it's a great thing to be able to flip it faster that way, uh, but there are some challenges that come along with it. So you just got to understand your circumstance, uh, obviously where you're at, and, and he's going to have to to hit in the portal on some offensive linemen, and we'll see what they do at the quarterback position because there's definitely plenty of them in there. Yeah, the quarterback position's an interesting one. We, we you know we were talking earlier in the show, Jake, and the line of scrimmage is probably the most vital uh, spot for Auburn to upgrade uh, on on both sides of the ball uh, because of not just the the production of late, but also uh, the numbers and, and the number of players moving on. But quarterback's an interesting question because we don't really know how Hugh Freeze views the current options in the room. In your opinion, uh, how, how important is it for Hugh Freeze to go find an upgrade at the quarterback position uh, in the transfer portal, or do you think he can develop Robbie Ashford into something dangerous? Well, you know, I, why can't you do both? Why can't you attempt to do both? You know, that's the best way to find out if it works. If there's a uh, one in the portal that, that looks like a good fit for what you want to do, because obviously he's going to be bringing in an offensive coordinator, but I feel like we're still going to have a Hugh Freeze identity style of offense at Auburn. If there's one out there that you think 
can be great, you go get him and you develop Robbie Ashford while you're doing it and the best player plays, and that doesn't mean you can't have some things put in there for Robbie as well, especially if he can throw the ball the way he did against Alabama. I mean, he doesn't have to be Joe Montana or Drew Brees. He just has to throw it well enough to be a problem, similar to Jaden Daniels. So uh, I think you try and do both. You mentioned uh, offensive coordinator Auburn. Um, I, I guess it's a it's a little surprising to some to look and see spots being filled, but still no coordinator on either side. With the word today that Wesley McGriff is indeed going to come back to Auburn, uh, it looks like Auburn only has one spot on off. On, excuse me, on defense, that would be the the coordinator spot, offensive coordinator, and either a quarterback or receiver coach, which I would assume the coordinator is going to take one of those two. Are you hearing any names for either of the coordinator spots, Jake? Well, you know, look, this is one of those things where you would you would rather, and, and it's tough because you're against the timeline. Uh, the transfer portal open, you, you want to have stability, right? That's how you get recruits, whether it's at a high school or whether it's in the transfer portal. You show stability uh, that, that, you know, you're going to be there and, and you're going to be able to, to bring to fruition all the things you're telling them and their family. Um, you know, it, it's kind of building it backwards. I've really, I haven't seen it done like this a lot of times, uh, where the position coaches get filled before the coordinator spot does. Uh, name wise, obviously, you know, Travis Williams is going to be thrown around. Is he ready? I still think he needs a couple more years, uh, before he's able to make that jump. Uh, you know, Zach Arnett was a guy at Mississippi State who, you know, I think could be, uh, one of the best coordinators in the country. You know, he already is schematically, but you give him a chance to be in a place like Auburn and recruit to a place like Auburn, that defense can be a legitimate problem, and, and he's going to move up in the coaching world either way. Uh, you know, outside of that, there's really not not a lot that, that's been you know thrown around. It's been pretty close to the vest, but you'd rather it take a little time and get it right to just rush it to do it and it be wrong and you have to start this process over. We've seen that. Yeah, Zach, Zach Arnett's intriguing. We were talking about him a little bit earlier in the show as well, Jake. I mean, that's someone who would seemingly, with his background in linebackers, he's you know Rocky Long's protege. You know, over the, over the last you know twelve years or so before getting to Mississippi State, you know, you would think he would slide right in with the four coaches Auburn has now, but it may not be that simple. And you don't know, like you said, you don't know exactly what's going on uh, behind the scenes. Uh, offensively, I guess a, a similar question. I mean, any, anyone you've heard. Uh, or, or anyone that you think uh, out there uh, that, that seems like they stand out as a, as a great fit potentially. Uh, you've got an opening at quarterbacks coach. Uh, you've got an op- opening at offensive coordinator. Auburn hasn't announced a wide receivers coach yet. You, you think, uh, uh, what was it, I, I got, uh, Ben, uh, I got, I got Maua, I got Maua, I got Maua, I got Maua uh, at, at tight ends coach, uh, the, the Ole Miss uh, offensive line coach. And Cadillac yeah, Williams, Jake Thornton. the three spots there. But but what? Uh, how do you think things could shake out on the offensive side of the ball, Jake? Man, the longer this goes on, the more I think he's going to be the offensive coordinator. To be honest with you, <laughs> um, that, that that that's not saying that he's not going to hire somebody as an OC. Uh, I, I just think the longer we don't hear something, the more likely it is that he does it. That opens up a spot, you know, for a guy to come in and and uh, be heavy on recruiting and and it just it's a different way of doing it, but it's what he's done his whole career. So, well, he's got Ken Austin on the staff already. Yep. The, you, if somebody is promoted from within to be it, but I'm just telling you, I just find it very hard to see Hugh Freeze keeping his hands off this offense. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been, I think he gave a question, he answered a question at the press conference 
about this and and the notion that maybe he's been in contact with people who uh, advised him that there's so much else expected of the Auburn head coach that it's tough to be as involved in the offense as Hugh Freeze has maybe been in the past, which makes me think maybe he talked to Gus Malzahn, who, who, who grappled with that during his time as the Auburn head coach and went from a head coach who called his own plays and was very involved in the offense to one that at least attempted to delegate that to other uh, to, to other coaches and 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 to, uh, to to people on his staff. Yeah, well, you know, with Gus, it was so back and forth. I mean, it was you know he he was calling and he wasn't calling. He was calling and he wasn't calling. There was so much instability with it. Uh, it, it seemed to be kind of you know the running joke you know, between Auburn fans with the way it, it went down. But uh, if you're gonna, you've got to make a decision either way. Like you're either you're going to run it your way. Or you're going to take a step back and let somebody else run it. And obviously, you'll be there to help and, and do all those things. But it, it, either one, you've got to stick with it. That's got to be your MO and let it play out and see if it works. Talking with Jake Crane from Crane & Company here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive in hour number two. Yeah, Jake, uh, the uh, getting away from, from Auburn just a little bit. I mean, with the... Uh, um, the the final four basically set down. You you know what did you think? You think they got it right? You think it's the right order? Yeah, I yeah I, I think the committee got it right. I mean, when you look at and, and again they say they use the metrics loosely. They say it's more of an, an art than a science, whatever that means. Um, you know, I, I do think they got it right. I think they got the seating right. You know, part of me thought they were going to put Ohio State in that third spot, so they guaranteed that Ohio State Michigan game that got 17 million views a couple weeks ago, but. No, I, I think they nailed it. Um, uh, I, I'm very interested to see this Georgia-Ohio State matchup. Mm-hmm. I know Jackson is playing, but, I mean, they've got some guys on the outside that if Georgia plays like they did uh, against LSU uh, out wide, it could get interesting. Jake, is there, is there anything outside of the uh, of the playoff matchups, any bowl games that stood out to you as, uh, as appointment viewing? I mean, look, Cincinnati's playing Louisville mm. at Fenway Park. And the way that's set up, both got yeah. to be on the same. And then Louisville's coach just left to go to Cincinnati without telling the players. So I'm definitely going to be watching that one. Yeah, we, we were saying in the first hour, sort of sort of doubt that he's going to be there on the sideline. Although that'd be wild to watch. Yeah, you know, he he married Louisville. He married Louisville, but you got the feeling he was always keeping his eye on other options, right? I mean, he, he was trying to publicly to get that South Carolina job a, yeah. a year ago. It was, it was very strange. Hey, how about, uh, was it UTSA and Troy, right? I mean, I, I don't know if, I mean. The, uh, the only matchup of conference champs. Of two conference champions and, uh, and, and John Sumrall, uh, named, named the Eddie Robinson list earlier today for, for coach of the year, uh, did an outstanding job in year mm-hmm. one at, at Troy. Really want to see UTSA and, uh, and Troy. Uh, Jeff, Tra- uh, Jeff Trailer. Also for UTSA, also on that list of Coach of the Year finalists. So you're going to see a pair of Coach of the Year finalists against each other in the in, in the Cure Bowl, Jake. Yeah, well, look, again, I'm, I'm going to save my excitement and make my decisions on which bowl games I feel good about when I see who's actually going to play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some good on paper, but, you know, that Florida-Oregon State game looks a lot less sexy with Anthony Richardson not playing. We obviously know what happened with their backup quarterback there. So, I'm going to wait to see who's playing before I get all warm and fuzzy about some of these games. But uh, if there's ones you're going to go ahead and get excited about, it's these ones, you know, Tulane going to the Cotton Bowl against USC. I'm interested to see that one. You know, they're, they're going to be excited to play. So South Carolina, uh, uh, excited to see them playing the bowl game against Notre Dame where they're, I think they're a four-and-a-half-point dog right now, and Notre Dame's quarterback's in the portal. So 
there's there's a lot of interesting matchups. I just want to see who's actually going to be on the field before I get all jacked up. Man, yeah, like like I was saying a while ago, you got all the player movement, the coaching movement. One name that had been mentioned as a possibility for Auburn defensive coordinator uh, is now the head coach at UNLV, Barry Odom, uh, getting getting that job, moving on from Arkansas. Yeah, you know, it was a matter of time, but before Barry got another shot, you know, what he did in Missouri was a learning experience, and and that's a tough job right now, man. I mean, you would think it wouldn't be with where it is and how talented some high school football is around that area and how much of a draw that city could be if you're the right type of kid, Uh, but they've struggled to be able to get anything going. It's going to be interesting to see. I think Barry's going to try and get as many kids from the South to go out to Vegas as possible, Uh, and if he's able to do that, I think he'll be able to compete. Got to ask you your thoughts on on Dion to Colorado, and uh, I mean every, everybody is going to be watching. No question about that. Yeah, well, you know, it, it makes Colorado football relevant very fast. I mean, you've already seen the return uh, on the investment in, in recruiting right now. I mean, you got kids reaching out, four and five stars reaching out. My thing is, Dion's going to have the players there, but I feel like this is the job that's like the bridge to his big, big job, like mm-hmm. his his move to the the top of the top of the college football head coaching tier uh in our game now uh but i think he's gonna have the talent there but it's not just about the talent you know i love to hire sean lewis the head coach at kent state going to be the oc there at colorado i I love what he does offensively you saw what they were able to do to georgia earlier this year so uh if he's able to do the the things on the periphery you know operate that staff at an efficiency level and and have everything taken care of it seems like He's going to get full buy-in, obviously, from the Colorado administration. So uh, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it goes. He does it a little bit of a different way, and, and it's, it's good for the game. Well, I mean, it could it could also set precedent, I mean, you know, for, for the way things go as far as hiring coaches. Because, I mean, that's definitely – um, you know, an, an sort of outside the box thinking. Well, it's it's some. It could create something we've seen a little bit in college basketball, which is the notion of maybe there's a path for former professional athletes to become mm-hmm. head coaches more quickly than. Oh, have you seen one of the names at Jackson State? I have not seen what Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I have not seen that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I no. Well, that's you know that that would because no. And there and there are you know some high profile. Uh, college basketball coaches of late who, you know, were able to parlay their longtime NBA careers into, you know, getting maybe a, a, a jump, you know, Jerry Stackhouse or Penny Hardaway, you know, guys that are head coaches with relatively limited coaching experience, but they played for a long time. And, and I do wonder if Deion Sanders works out, if that opens things up to, uh, to, to maybe, and I guess you could lump Trent Dilfer in. In this conversation yeah. as well, where, where if this works, yeah. maybe experience as a professional athlete and as a media personality uh, will factor in just as heavily as experience as an assistant coach when you're trying to become a college head coach. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I, I think the results are still going to be based on the person. You, you might that there's guys that have never played that are great coaches. There's guys that have played that, that are horrible coaches, and vice versa. It just depends on the individual. Uh, the fact that they're getting the opportunity to do this, I think, is what is what we need to be talking about. Oh, certainly. And you know what? And I don't know if we asked you about Trent Dilfer uh, last week, but I think that's a really interesting move, too, as far as a guy who had relatively limited experience um, and, uh, and and maybe maybe his time 
as an NFL quarterback, which you know sometimes as a backup quarterback, which has coaching components to it, and a long time as an ESPN analyst, uh, maybe that can fill in some of the uh, uh, some of the gaps in Trent uh, Trent Dilfer's resume uh, go, going into uh, uh, go, going into head coaching with just the four years as a high school coach and his time in the Elite Eleven as uh, as, as his main experience. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we'll we'll see. I mean, he's he's obviously you know a guy that knows a ton about the game. I'm interested to see how he does with the lack of relationships with high school coaches in the state. Uh, that's something I think that, you know, is a, is a big part of, of the game and, and recruiting that a lot of people don't talk about. That's why familiarity is so important. Uh, and if you've already had relationships built in and you know the lay of the land, you have a huge advantage when you go to a new place. So uh, that, to me, uh, I think is something that's big. We'll see. Uh, I hope he does well for UAB's sake. I was honestly pretty, uh, pretty surprised they didn't keep Bryant Vincent. Well, it, it is like I said at the outset when we first came on. It is a it is a wild time with with so much movement going on with coaches and players and and uh, I know you're you're keeping up with all of it there at uh, Crane and Company. Let everybody know what you know what's uh, what's been going on lately and what you've got coming up, and of course how they can get it. Oh yeah, I just go to YouTube at C R A I N and Company. Uh, easy to find. Uh, I mean, we're we're talking a ton of college football. Uh, we're going to talk a ton about the transfer portal tomorrow. Deion Sanders, all the other, all the NFL stuff as well. Uh, Jimmy Dykes is coming on to talk some college basketball. Uh, looking like Auburn, they're talented. If they can put it together, uh, can be pretty dangerous. So yeah, just go to YouTube at C R A I N and Company uh, and come check us out. Great stuff, Jake. Appreciate it, man. Uh, have a great week. All right, guys. Y'all as well. Jake Crane joining us as he does on Tuesdays here in the 5 o'clock hour. We need to get to our final break. Oh, I thought you had something. No, no, I was, I, was, I was ready to say something oh. during the commercial. But we, no, we, oh, we, okay. break. we, we will. We'll get to the final break. And back to uh, wrap things up. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes here on the uh, Tuesday Drive. Our thanks to Jake Crane joining us this hour. Barrett Sully joining us in hour number one. Uh, hopefully you got a chance to hear all their good stuff. That's right. You can check all of that out on the podcast presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Go to ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center or uh, search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform. And uh, you can listen to the show that way. We try to upload uh, episodes of The Drive as soon as we finish them up here on the air. Of course, you can listen live. We appreciate everyone who does that. But if you can't, uh, check out the podcast. All right. So... Uh we we mentioned that that we got to uh, hire some coaches because I'm, West, dri- I'm West driving Bill, I'm driving Bill crazy during the commercial. Yeah, I know. Dan, Dan Dan is pulling some of the most obscure names. Uh, some well, most of them have some kind of connection. Well, with, I'll tell you the one with somebody. Well, 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 Brian Vincent was was a name that intrigued me. Not, not I mean, and look, I don't know what Hugh Freeze is actually looking for in his offense coordinator. Brian Vincent is available because because UAB decided not to keep their interim no, I'm, head coach. I'm available. Yeah. Brian Vincent was, uh, was was somebody who well no and he's somebody who's been coaching in the state for a very oh, long okay, time. Oh okay, well, uh, but the uh, but but he's uh, you know he, he was not kept 
as the interim head coach at UAB, but a highly right. regarded offensive coordinator the last couple of years at South Alabama and UAB. Something of a surprise, as Jake said, that UAB decided right. not to uh, not to keep Coach Vincent. I'm interested to see where he ends up. I don't know if it's going to be as Hugh Freeze's offensive coordinator on Auburn next I, year. I have not heard that. This is the first I've heard of any right. possibility there. So right. it came oh, from was, Dan. If was, that's what you're. Now, if you're right on it, I was man. I what was, a scoop. I was first on Etheridge. Right. I mean, this this a uh, couple of years ago, naming true, naming true. people with Auburn ties that are out in the world of coaching. I was the first guy to link uh, Zach Etheridge to the Auburn staff. So yeah, maybe. And then the other name was he didn't uh, come in as offensive as as the defensive coordinator. No, though. no, and and, I, and you know what? And I, and I think part of it too is 